Hello, and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I am your host, Sarah Berton, and in this podcast, we talk about all things to do with working, self-employment, and chronic illness. Hello, and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I am delighted to be joined today by Jane Chappell. Jane is a primary school teacher and the author of a book called Starfream Secrets. Hello, Jane. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you so much for joining me here today. Pleasure. Would you mind giving me an introduction to who you are and what you do? So um, I am Jane Chappell, as you said, and uh, in a former reincarnation, I was a dancer. So I trained to be a classical dancer when I was younger. And uh, I went into teaching quite early on because I loved it. Um, And that was teaching dance and performing arts to children and young adults in lots of different schools and really loved it. And then also trained as a fitness instructor, which my husband finds hilarious because I'm kind of allergic to exercise. I can't bear it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did that for a while. And then I uh, got really brave and trained to be a primary school teacher because I love teaching so much, but everything I did, I would go into schools. I had a theater and education company and I would see these wonderful children for for a week and, and see fabulous progress and, and then wouldn't see them again for another year because I would tour different schools. And um, it was something I really passionately wanted to do, but it took me a long time to believe that I was capable. And so I had to go off and get a degree and uh, get my QTS. And then I sort of fulfilled this lifelong dream and became a primary school teacher. It's the best thing that I have ever done. Um, oh, amazing. And I was much older than everyone else training and I already had three children. Um, but yeah, lifelong ambition fulfilled and the most wonderful thing. And that's what inspired me after a turn of events and my health and everything to end up writing the book that I wrote, uh, which is why I I now get to hear people say that I'm an author and it makes me giggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice title to have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's lovely. Yeah, it makes me blush, but it's nice. (laughs) Could you tell us a little bit about the book? Yes, of course. Um, So I wrote the book because I came into teaching a primary school. I mean, I've taught for since I was like 18, 19 years old, but um, coming into the primary sector as a mum with three children I spent so much time saying oh my goodness oh wow I wish I'd known that I wish I'd known that oh, I didn't realize and there were all these things um that I thought everyone should know um, and, and trust me as parents you know we, we, we don't and then as a teacher I turned myself inside out desperately trying to get parents engaged and communicate with them because I knew that the most influential teacher in any child's life is their parent because they're with them all the way through, they're so invested, they love them, you know, and there's all this evidence to support the fact that if you're taught by someone who really cares for you desperately, you respond to that brilliantly well. And it's not about parents sitting and teaching explicitly, it's just about being involved in the conversation. It's about speaking the same language as the children. Um, It's being aware of the demands that, that are on them. It's all those sorts of things. And I was trying to engage the parents and I was very passionate about it and we did loads of work at the school I was at but as a teacher there are so many demands on you I cannot explain there are so many rules and regulations that you have to follow and training that you have to do and there's the planning and there's the marking and there are the staff meetings and there are the meetings with the governors and all all of this and and as a single form entry as well you have your own responsibilities so I was in charge of music for example and all the school plays and all the, the Um, assemblies and all that kind of stuff and there are only so many hours in a day Mm. and so I thought you know what there's a book and it needs to be written and 
I don't know as if I'm hugely qualified to write it, but no one else has. So, Absolutely. you know, my mum always told me, if not you, love who? So I did. Excellent. That's a, quite a huge undertaking, isn't it, to start and write a book from scratch? Bonkers, massive, scary. Yeah, hugely proud of myself. And it's very, very, very rare that I ever <laughs> say that. But yeah, proud. You yeah. should be, definitely. Fantastic. Well done for getting it all published and everything as well. It's a huge achievement. Um, And I know you, Jane, through the Entrepreneurs Against the Odds Facebook group. If you're comfortable, could you tell us a little bit about your health condition and how it affects you? Yeah, I mean, if you've got about an hour and three quarters, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was diagnosed, and I was trying to remember, I think it was around 2003, but I had been ill for pretty much as long as I can remember leading up to that. Um, which is often the case, as we all know on the group, but I don't think that's widely known, you know, amongst other people. Um, So when I was finally diagnosed, I was diagnosed with SLE, which um, is commonly known as like lupus. I'm sure lots of people have heard of that. And um, arthritis, but not osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. And that's interesting because loads of people don't know the difference. Mm, Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah, Strogen syndrome, which is like a dryness issue. Um, IBD, so that's tummy troubles. I've got a whole host of allergies, um, which came on after I had my second child. I'd always had allergies before, but they weren't anaphylactic. So I had, you know, things like hay fever and dust and horses and cats and all those sorts of things. Um, but after I had my child, second one, uh, Lottie, I became allergic to loads of foods. And so I have to carry an EpiPen now. Yeah, um, the exact same thing happened to me as well. Actually, after the birth of my first daughter, I became more allergic to Yes, odd, isn't it? Mm. hormones what's going on there what is going on <laughs> oh my goodness me they need to fund some more research um and I'm also um neutropenic and leukopenic so that's your white blood cells and that's all linked to the arthritis or quite the same thing so yeah uh, so day to day that means that you live with um joint pain fatigue I get regular migraines they're joyous my digestive system I suppose at best is unpredictable <laughs> and at worst is pretty agonizing if I'm honest I get frequent infections as well, obviously, because of the low um, white cell counts, which is a nuisance, especially with global pandemics. It's a bit, yeah. bit awkward, really, isn't Very it? worrying. Yeah, not grand. Um, and also, I'm going through the menopause. Wanted to throw that in. Nice. Is that an absolute joy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for explaining that. And as a result of that, I understand that you, you can't continue working as a teacher at the moment. Yeah, that's right. So. Um, classrooms and low uh, immunity don't go well together for obvious reasons so I uh, handed in my resignation but it was before Covid to be fair um, actually because I was just so flipping ill so I I'm an all or nothing kind of a girl and I think that's really common also with people with chronic conditions we're really um, go-get-em types aren't we and perhaps there's a misconception that, that we're dare I say lazy or looking for excuses, that kind of... Yes. People just don't get it, do they? There's this misconception, um, which is annoying. Um, it's definitely very hard to hear that, isn't it? Because I think, I think you're right. Hard. Everybody, a lot of people I know with chronic illnesses are complete opposite of lazy. They push themselves so hard yes. um, rather than... They don't want to take the lazy route and actually they're forced to, which is... Yes. That is absolutely me. Anyone that, that knows me would tell you, all of the teachers that I've ever worked with would say she's some kind of crazy machine like what is she doing um because I have so much enthusiasm and so much desire and I love what I do so I am missing it terribly 
I find it really difficult actually not to be in the classroom. So I do some tutoring um, because I can do that online and that's safe. And I've recently started some medication that I was really hoping would um, help my white blood cell count. It took me over a year to get the funding for them. They're horribly expensive and you have to go through lots of hoops um, with NICE, the, the, the medical board. Oh, yes. Um, and I did qualify for funding, which was great, but um, haven't been on them long. So I should probably, you know, keep keep my hopes up. But but at the moment, at least, um, I had the first lot of bloods done and everything's looking pretty rotten. So um, no progress is yet. So okay. watch this yes. space. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And how did you go about getting the funding? Was that through writing and getting... So the doctors do all of the writing, okay. um, bless them, and, and they're amazing. I'm really lucky. I've got an amazing rheumatologist who um, I get on really well with. And he is very similar to me in as much as he understands that I want to do things and have done for a very long time, actually, as naturally as possible. So I'm passionate about the food that I eat and trying to understand how that aggravates the inflammatory response. Okay. Um, so again, for people that haven't got chronic illness, quite often, not always, there are lots of different chronic illnesses, but um, in lots of cases, inflammation is a massive problem. Um, and it's about trying to keep that at bay. So he was really supportive. And it was only, like I say, a year or so ago when I had another load of x-rays done and the damage to my joints is so bad that he was like, Jane, come on, we, we need to talk now about other medical interventions because basically you want to be able to um, get yourself dressed in you know 10 years time and and I really do you know I don't want to be a burden on my children so um or anyone else for that matter if I can possibly help it so I reluctantly gave in to um going ahead to try and get some some more juicy meds on board which oh, is good. fantastic so just fingers crossed that they start well yeah. soon that would be brilliant <laughs> <laughs> and um is your goal to keep tutoring and then hopefully at some point return to the classroom? Yes, I'm itching to get back in the classroom. Um, but in the meantime, I'm tutoring online and I love that. And lots of different gorgeous children with different needs and abilities. And some of them bless their hearts that are studying for that awful 11 plus. Anyone that lives in certain regions of the UK will know what that is. And those that don't, I'm, I'm very pleased for you that you don't um, because it's the most rotten thing that children go through. So, yeah. You have a Facebook group as well, I believe. Yeah, I've got a little Facebook group. Um, it's just called Staff Room Secrets. And I just put bits and pieces on there to help parents out. So, um, and I've got some little videos on YouTube and stuff, which I did because lots of my friends who were teachers, when, when the pandemic struck, <laughs> bless them, they were like, ah. Um, there was a lot of pressure on them. Uh, and I had the time because my children are a little older and I did a few videos for them. Um, but obviously made them available to whoever wants them um, just just to help out. And I've got resources, um, very passionate about supporting children with their writing. And there's a, a little scheme, if you like, on there with um, with plans on how you can support children's writing and. And step by step strategies and guides. Yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds wonderful. And does running a business in that way, does it work well with your condition? health condition yeah absolutely so obviously it was born out of necessity um I had to 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 stop working um but my it doesn't because you're poorly it doesn't mean your brain becomes any less active and you're not any more driven um you just become hugely frustrated yeah so um 
the, the book was the, the book was really interesting so it was motivated by lots of different things um so i was motivated because of what i'd seen in the classroom so our primary curriculum is arguably insane what the children have to know is 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 vast and it, it's it's such a shock to parents they just don't realize and then they usually realize when it's actually probably a little too late so they're not able to converse with their children i, I was talking to my cousin the other day she's got a, an a level in english and her you know, she's very very well read hugely well educated very successful businesswoman and she's got two children and she, and she spoke to me she said jane i'm i'm at a loss my little one's coming home asking about imperative verbs adverbs comparative adjectives relative subordinate clauses prepositions um conjunctions and she just wants to weep in a corner because it's like well where what on earth is going on with the world so there's that causes stress to parents and i'm very anti-stress because i know what stress does to me my response to stress is probably one of the things that makes me iller than anything else and so um, i have a heightened awareness of stress and how much i want people to avoid it obviously um so my my vision if you like my lens is probably pretty skewed there i'm very heightened to it and then i also was seeing more and more in the classroom the the mental health issues that were arising because of the stress on the children you know when you're faced with this kind of stuff day in day out and that that was you know those little things that i just said was the tiniest example of just a little bit of the english curriculum but but the mathematics and then don't forget the science and all of the other things that they're having to face. And it's a lot. If you can't converse with your parents confidently, if they're not part of that world, if you've got parents that are at home saying, oh, it's all just, you know, oh, it wasn't like this in my day. And why do you have to know that kind of stuff? You know, I get why parents say that because I hear their frustration. But that's it's not changing the system and the system isn't about to change. And really what we need to do is is be there for our children in the most supportive yet light-hearted and playful way and because of my really privileged position of having all this marvellous training as a teacher it meant that with my youngest child Florence I had all the tools to play with her but play with her constructively and she never knew that she was learning all of this stuff that I knew was going to be part of her world and to her it's completely normal the language is normal it's playful it's fun it's rhymes. For me, it was just doing all that stuff we do with children when they're little, you know, when they're preschoolers and we sing all those songs and we do the wheels on the bus and we play I Spy. If you continue with that playful mindset, but just change the games ever so slightly, you support your child in the most natural way possible. But you can't do that, of course, unless you have the vocabulary. Absolutely. You have that skill set and you're mindful of the traps that we fall into as parents of saying, what a load of old nonsense, what are you ever gonna need to know how to use a protractor for? You know, all that kind of stuff, because it just undermines the process, I think, and it's just not helpful. So I'm so fueled up about it that I had to write the book. I wanted to create something that my girls could use when they were older to help them support their children. I wish with all my heart, I had had this book when my youngest was born. So I had Beth when I was um, 22 years old and I was so determined to be the best mum that there ever was. And I had all the passion in the world and all the drive and all the determination. I could have could have done with a helping hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah.
it really would have been handy would have saved me so much time <laughs> well your passion on the subject is very um visible it's uh yeah, I'll, I'll shut up now sorry I could no, no not at all not at all it's great to hear it <laughs> so how do you manage to run your business and look after your health at the same time are there any adjustments that you need to make yeah do you know what it's been a real a real learning curve for me and it's recently a, a, a dear dear friend of mine has been diagnosed with a chronic illness and it brought it into sharp focus seeing someone else that you love go through what you've been through makes you realize um the journey that you've been on more you see what I mean because you you kind of step away from it a bit and I I am learning I haven't learned I am learning to be more forgiving to myself I am learning that it's okay to go to bed in the middle of the day and that I do not should not feel guilty for that in any way shape or form I have a condition in which I need to rest and if I don't I am going to get iller but letting go of the guilt is so difficult and I think that's all wrapped up in that societal thing where if I had diabetes everyone knows about it everyone knows how that is treated it's we have sympathy as a society. It is well known. And I feel like I am not afforded that, that right to be ill. So I feel like I have to explain myself, even to the people that love me the most in the world. So my, I, have, I am so blessed to have the most remarkable husband. I cannot tell you how supportive he is. But because I look relatively take my word for it I know it's a podcast <laughs> I'm a relatively normal looking girl I don't <laughs> <any are. laughs> hey well said I'll give you the fiver later um, <laughs> I, I look relatively you know I look okay I, oh, yes. you know and it's and it's so difficult for people to understand that actually right now as I'm sitting talking to you my hands are really sore actually and you know my, my coccyx is killing me but you know, that's part of my world. My mouth is very dry because I get a very dry mouth. And it's all those little things that add up and they take their toll. And so in order to look after yourself and in order to make sure that I'm okay for the long run, for my children, for my old age, I am learning to forgive myself a little. This is not my fault. Not at all. And I've got to give myself a break. And understanding that this is probably, probably this condition is a multitude of things that have all stacked on top of me. I've lived with a lot of chronic stress. Lots of, you know, life happens to people in different measures, doesn't it? And that's just the cards that you're dealt. So when I was a little girl, my, my dad was schizophrenic, bless his beautiful heart. And, you know, that was really tough. And we lost our home, it was repossessed. We were skint. Uh, I was taken out of my school. So as a, as a child, there were lots and lots and lots of stresses. Yes. And I, I started to get poorly then, you know, all of the allergies started to kick in. I, the, the asthma was awful and all those, you know. Um, and so I have a lot of, and, and I remember, I remember that little girl very, very well, actually. And I think that's another reason why the teaching is so important to me. It's interesting, isn't it? You, you kind of end up going going back to those times that are really important to you and 
we sort of almost try to make it better. Yeah, you can see what you needed and then yes, the future. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, you know, had that. And then um, so that was a huge stress. And then another stress was um I got married very, very young to a wonderful man who I adore and is still the most fantastic friend and um my eldest daughter's father, but that that marriage didn't last, and that was utterly heartbreaking. And lots of people have experienced that, you know, the, the stress of a relationship ending. And that's heartbreaking and it's horribly stressful. Um, and then our, our daughter, Beth, um, bless her heart, she got cancer. Gosh. And so that was horrifically stressful. Yes. Um, and then you just start to almost catch your breath and she's, you know, she, she came out the other side of that and there were some very hairy times and it was, as I'm sure everyone can imagine, pretty bloody awful. And then um, met a wonderful man who's my husband now, John, who's great. And we decided to have another child and that was wonderful. And then, you know, yet another awful pregnancy and, and then a dreadful birth and all of these things. And it just, there's only so much one system can take. And I think all of those stresses over the years and then just keep, but, but because we're that personality type, you keep going, you keep going you keep going, you keep going, you know, nothing's going to get us down, we're going to win, we're going to be okay. And you do that. And eventually your body just tells you, do you know what, actually, forget it. No. It's almost like your body is is forcing you to stop if even yeah. though you don't want to, it's, it's yeah. you need that rest. Yeah. And that's exactly everyone I know that that has got a similar condition to me, has a catalogue like I've got. And you listen, you're like, oh, my goodness, me. well, no wonder it makes absolute sense when you hear someone else say it. Yeah. And it wasn't really until I was talking to someone else that I sat back and thought, well, hang on a minute, what's my story? Where, where's all of my... And, and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And do you find that helpful that you understand Massive. it? Yeah. Massively. And again, it's just that little bit of support, knowing that there are other people. And that's why the support group against the odds is so great. You know, we may not have met each other properly yet because of covid yes um, but we will we will do definitely yes and it's so lovely to know that there are other people out there that are going through very similar things it can and feel very lonely can't it when you're dealing with it all yourself and lots of women now is that just because we're on facebook i don't know or is it a, i i definitely feel like it seems to affect women more than men i so know that my conditions cool. are definitely more female orientated I have yeah and my, yeah, and my conditions also so okay. that's, isn't it you know yeah, it's interesting yeah. I imagine as you said earlier that hormones probably have an impact on yeah health conditions as well yeah I think maybe with the I think with covid now and long covid which is obviously it's, it's some form of autoimmune condition also I think a lot more fun funding is going to go into working out what the heck's going on and hopefully we will benefit as a almost like a side effect. I know I had a letter through the other day about because um, my youngest caught COVID at school and they're doing a research follow-up thing for long COVID. I, I got that through the post. So oh, they're definitely throwing money at it, aren't they? You know? Yeah, they are. Thankfully, that will hopefully have um, some repercussions for us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you talked earlier about diet. Are there any other things that you do in your daily life to take care of yourself, self-care? Yes, there are. Now, I'd love to say that, oh, yes, I meditate every morning and I do yoga, but I'd be such a big fat liar, honestly, because I don't. I'm terrible at it. Fair enough. Considering I was a fitness instructor, oh, it's 
oh, it's embarrassing. It's really bad. I cannot think of anything worse than yoga. Can't bear it. Um, a little bit of Pilates, but not a lot. I like going for a walk. I love walking. Me too. That's what I enjoy. Um, I enjoy going to the seaside and walking along the beach and having the air there or sitting in the dunes. So um, lazy exercise, is there such a thing as lazy exercise? I think I've just invented it. That's the exercise I like. Um, another self-care, um, I follow the FODMAP, low FODMAP diet. So my gastroenterologist um, told me about that a few years ago and it's, it's great. So it's, um, it's all backed up by an awful lot of very clever scientists who have worked incredibly hard um, in Australia. And I'm not even going to pretend that I understand it properly, but um, FODMAP is an acronym for the components of food. And it includes things like uh, lactose and fructose and uh, gluten and that kind of stuff. There's loads, um, but I just have an app. So it's idiot proof and I can check things. So until I had that, I didn't realize that, that broccoli, that's not okay. Like don't have a lot of broccoli. That's gonna make you really ill. Peas, peas, what's all that about? Avoid the peas. Um, <laughs> But carrots, I can have till the cows come home. So um, I really like that. That has helped me a lot. Brilliant. Um, I also take a host of vitamins and minerals. Um, I'm terrible at remembering to take my pills, you know, the really expensive ones. So really, yeah, that's another thing that I'm working on because I keep forgetting I'm useless. Um, and trying to uh, keep my stress levels down because I know that's just such a massive trigger. Absolutely. Yes. And I think when you spoke earlier about forgiveness, I think that is a massive piece of self-care as well. It's yeah. understanding and acceptance of your condition and, and reacting to it in a positive way is, is yeah. so important. Isn't it odd the psychology that we feel so guilty for being ill? What is I that? I know. And if you had the flu, you would be in bed all day, whereas we have similar conditions, similar yeah. symptoms, and we try and plod on through pushing ourselves. Whereas yeah. you're completely right. We need to actually accept sometimes that we can't do it all and and take that rest yeah without feeling guilty yes <laughs> <laughs> working on it kiddo come on yeah, exactly yeah. Um, and if you have a particularly bad health day or week how do you deal with that um after what you mean after i've gotten over feeling really sorry for myself exactly um rest trying to and, and having to, to to cancel stuff and i hate doing that yeah it doesn't get any easier does it no it really doesn't really yeah because I, I don't want to be that person there's that guilt again it's difficult exactly. isn't it um so I have to basically try and clear the diary altogether and rest because you can't for example really bad migraine days or really bad loo days as I call them um or weeks in fact last week was a rotten um week for the loo I spent my loo and I we're very close we <laughs> <laughs> hung out um yeah so I, there's nothing you can do is there you just have to clear the diary because you can't you can't function and that's all there is to it and do you tell so I imagine it's the parents of your students that you have to inform as well do you tell them that you have a health issue or no I'm terrible I try and uh I'd never be specific I mean no one wants to know you're on the loo I mean <laughs> I, don't mean that. I mean I just mean that um I'll say oh something's come up okay. so we schedule um as opposed to I'm ill again yes it's hard to get that balance right isn't it of I'm lucky in as much as um some of them are, are you know I know them friends friends of friends and all that kind of thing so they kind of know that I've I've got um a few health issues 
so they probably put two and two together when I say something's come up and I need to reschedule yes um but yeah yeah it's not the kind of thing it's just awkward it it's awkward we went to a barbecue yesterday it was absolutely glorious but of course I can't eat half the things it's so embarrassing and and people don't they're not being mean it's how I take it it's not it's not them but they when you know when they say things like um uh oh there's all these allergies and intolerances these days yes <laughs> oh, that these days like and I'm like <laughs> it's just like I don't know why that gets my back up so much but it really does but downplays the seriousness yeah of allergies and how it affects you because it's seen as being a bit of a fad and in fact it's actually a very serious has a very serious impact on your life yeah there I am with my EpiPens hidden away in my bag yes when really when I turn up somewhere I should say right here are my EpiPens I'm going to leave these here just in case and this is what you do but no mine are hidden in the bag yeah yeah it's tricky getting that balance right isn't it around how much you tell people and how much you keep to yourself it's uh it's very tricky yeah thank you for that um have you learned any important lessons along the way that you'd like to share with us um I think that I need, I owe it to my children to own the condition, to not be a martyr. I spent a lot of years carrying on regardless and downplaying things. So I remember when the eldest one, uh, Beth, came back from uni, one, I think it was on Christmas, hard to remember. Anyway, as she was drawing up, so was the ambulance because I'd done my usual. I, you know, um, was so ill I could hardly breathe. Oh. And uh, as they were putting the oxygen mask on, I was begging them to not take me to hospital because Beth was coming home and I was fine. Because that's what I always say. I'm fine. I'll be fine. Um, and I could hardly breathe. Gosh. That's not okay. No. You know, at the time I thought that I was doing the right thing. When I missed out on Christmases, because oh, it's really hard to talk about. It's, it's so important, so important. Very hard. I missed out on Christmases because I physically couldn't get out of bed because I'd worked so hard at school. I'd given everything I had. It had been so important to me that the children that I loved and adored at school had their Christmas play and that they sang their, their carols at the concert. And like we were saying earlier, you know, we give and we give. And I pushed myself to the point of, again, hospitalisation. And then, you know, Christmas Day comes around and you can't get out of bed. And you miss that. That's so tough. There's only so many times you can do that. There's only so many times that you can allow yourself to push yourself to that extent. That you can allow your children to see you do that. And I don't want them to grow up thinking that martyrdom goes hand in hand with being a mum yes it's true I want them to have the confidence to say to their children like I say to mine now I'm so tired my lovelies mummy's a bit just feeling so rough I love you very much I'm gonna nip to bed for an hour yeah and I'm trying to learn to say I need your I need your help or I can't do this today and trying not, desperately trying not to apologise for it all the time, but I know that I do it, I know that I do. So that's my next big thing. So it's important 
that my children don't grow up thinking that it's okay to push yourself to the to the extreme limits because it isn't and I need to also learn how to play and have fun because I'm also rubbish absolutely dreadful at play and that's another thing that I'm working on because I want them to play forever I want them to keep that childhood kind of spirit within them and not feel guilty for for, for playtime for 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 hanging out or I don't know actually sitting and watching telly or reading a magazine or any of those things yes like there doesn't have to be guilt attached to that no exactly and and I think that's just a product of being raised in a household where hard work was valued and but it's about getting that balance right so I am that's what I'm working on balance and trying to demonstrate that yeah I think I'm pretty rubbish at it (laughs) at least I'm aware of it now and I think that's half the battle is being aware of it. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us. That's all right. And what advice would you give to somebody who has a chronic health issue and is thinking of starting a business? I mean, I don't feel like really I'm best place to give anyone advice on business uh, stuff because I've just written a book. Um, but I guess I would say flexibility choose a choose a business that you know can be flexible that you can uh swap and change your times around and that people because i i can't imagine running a business with a strict timetable i think it would be so stressful and stress is what we're supposed to avoid so i guess choosing something that gives you flexibility brilliant thank you that's a good answer and do you think that there are any improvements that we as a society can make towards people with a chronic illness? Yes, 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 yes. I don't necessarily know what they are, um, but I think that stuff like this is amazing because it's it's a platform on which we can speak and get the message out that we are um, <laughs> not freaks of nature, just slightly, un, you know, unlucky, a bit unfortunate, you yeah. know, uh, like anyone else with any other sort of illness. That's the thing, isn't it? And I would hope that more funding goes into helping. And it's not just funding for research, it's things like educating doctors. And please don't get me wrong, doctors obviously are the most phenomenally wonderful human beings and they've worked so hard and they're dedicating themselves and, you know, it's phenomenal. But, and there's always a but, isn't there? Um, through no fault of their own, because it's lack of training. Let me make that very clear. Um, I don't think they're mean. Um, Four years, I would go to the doctors and I was so ill for such a long time with weird things all over, like rashes from top to toe, or my eyes would feel like they were gonna explode or um, coughs that went on forever or, you know, sore joints, all these different things. And I'd, and I'd go to the doctor and I'd be told, it's, it's one thing per appointment, if you, dare start to speak about something else you know that's that's not allowed and when you're living with a chronic condition that affects your entire body that's a little bit awkward um it just doesn't work because they can't build up the picture there is never this picture never emerged and it took you know 20 odd years for my flipping picture to emerge that's not that's not okay mine's a similar time scale as well yeah it's just not right is it and i would have whenever i would 
you know, for whatever reason, have to have a routine blood test, it would always, every single time come back that I had this low white blood count. And I'd get a phone call from a doctor. And I'm talking from the age of like, I don't know, 15 years old. Oh, your white count's very low. And I'd say, oh, is it? And they'd be like, yeah. Do we do anything about that? Well, no, you can't do anything about that, but it's low. You should know. Oh, okay. And nothing was ever done. Wow. And then a year or so later, I'd have a similar phone call. And that went on for such a long time until one day, one doctor, thank God, said, well, hang on a minute. What's going on here? It's about joining all the dots together, isn't it? To get it a is. picture. And they can't join the dots if they're not aware that those dots need to be joined, I suppose. Yes. You there know. should be possibly be a way of booking a longer appointment if you feel that there are lots of symptoms that yeah. need just yeah and also getting those blood tests done it's about knowing which blood tests need to be taken yes. as well isn't it, it because is. when they eventually did do the right bunch of blood tests i mean talk about an education all this stuff came back i'd never heard of it i don't no. know what ana's were or ro antibodies or rheumatoid factors and ESRs and all that kind of stuff that's not on a routine blood test is it you know um and imagine if they had taken that test 20 years earlier imagine the difference to my life I think of all the countless people that are living with this who are undiagnosed it kind of just breaks your heart doesn't it and it's that period of when you're trying to find a diagnosis it's possibly the hardest period of your life because yeah. there are so many unknowns and fear as well of what's happening to you and so you feel crack- you feel like you're going crackers you do you do and the, 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 tough, the better yeah yeah it's really really tough really tough yeah very difficult times for people it is definitely um, and a final question for you um who inspires you Oh my goodness me, I've got quite a few. Um, <laughs> my mum my is remarkable. I guess you're probably, I, I don't, I've listened to obviously other podcasts and usually it's like these wonderful famous people and people who've written books. Yeah, not for me. For me, it's totally my mother who is remarkable. She is so stoic. She has looked after my dad and loved him for all these years. She has looked after him for over 40 years now. she is remarkable she's so upbeat she is so positive she does as she needs a sainthood the things that she does for other people the charities the premature babies the the bras that she collects for the ladies in Uganda you know the the masks that she's making on her sewing machine to send off to to different countries um she's a remarkable lady and she teaches me that if she's always said if not you who you know you're going to go out there and change the world you can make it a better place in whatever little way you can. And I love her for that. It's such a gift. So through all the terrible hardships and problems we had when we were younger, I was always loved. That's massive. It is. It's huge. Um, So we we had nothing and yet we had everything because of her. So she's remarkable. Um, uh, And I suppose my children inspire me because how can they not? my children obviously especially but also you know those groups of 30 or 32 you know whatever that I've had in my classrooms I cannot tell you how amazing those little people are I think they are remarkable they are so special they fire me up they inspire me they make me want to 
scream and shout that they deserve every inch of help that we can give them. And uh, yeah, so they, they, they inspire me big time. Oh, amazing. That's lovely to hear. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you so much, Jane, for coming on the podcast today. It's been lovely speaking to you and hearing all about your life and your thoughts as well. And where can we find you? Um, uh, I'm assuming you don't mean my address because I guess that would be pretty weird. That would be um, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you want to give it up, that's fine. <laughs> so I, I, I built a website. Um, I'm so not a businesswoman. This is so funny. Uh, built a website. That's called Staff Room Secrets. Um, I just named it after the book. And the book is available on Amazon. I suppose that's the kind of thing a businesswoman would say, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. So after ten, it's called Staff Room Secrets. It is called Staff Room Secrets. Very good. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> you are much better at this than I am. <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, oh, and there's a little Facebook group as well. Um, and that's got loads of free resources on it for, for, for parents, yeah. And that's also called Staff Room Secrets. Yeah. So okay. if you, so I guess if you uh, are a parent at a school or you're a working parent, whatever, when COVID restrictions are lifted, uh, the aim is to come into schools and have a natter with everyone, give them some top tips, share some advice and, uh, and let them know uh, how they can support their children without getting stressed and have fun with it. Oh, that all sounds amazing. I'll put your um, details of your, diff- your group and your book in the show notes as well. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Oh, see, look at you. I know. I need you in my life. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much. Take care. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you have, subscribe to the Excel Against the Odds podcast so you don't miss another episode. And if you have Apple Podcasts, then please rate and review it. If you'd like to know more about the work that I do, The website is www.excelagainsttheodds.co.uk and if you're a business owner with a chronic illness, then come and join our free Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Against the Odds. We'd love to see you there. Until next time, have a great week. Take care.